Thank you, Liana. I'm so happy to be here. I was excited. We've talked about this for a while, but excited to be here. Yes, we've been definitely having this in the plans for a while. And thank you for being flexible. I canceled on him last minute last time because I was just not having a good mental health day. And I wanted to be fully present for this episode because I know it's going to be a really good one. Um, So thank you for your patience with that. But for a little background, me and Taylor work together. And for those who know us through work no we have a little friendly rivalry and i was gonna plan something so i could actually win but i did not plan anything um so i'll let you keep it unless you have anything but me and taylor like had this rivalry going on through what we call pre-work at our um organization like we teach classes or sessions to our students monday through friday and like our cohorts would kind of go battle battle because we just have very big personalities and I don't like to lose. I'm very competitive. But Taylor has definitely humbled me throughout this experience. Um, and then it really took a head when we had our kickoff, like big celebration events. Oh my God, I'm getting cringed out thinking about it right now. <laughs> because, okay, no, we have to talk about it because, okay, so we were in this room full of like 100 people. Let's just say 100 people. And each of us have a cohort. There's like four cohorts. And my cohort was on this side of the room. And me and Taylor were emceeing this event. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get Taylor so good. I'm going to beat him in front of all these people. And it's going to be so good. I'm going to walk home like so proud of myself. And so we were co-emceeing this event. And I was like, to kick it off, let's see who can get the their side of the room the loudest. Me thinking like my team, my cohort goes hard for me. Like they're going to go so loud. This half of the room is going to like get the get in the spirits. They're going to feel it. So I'm like, okay, this side of the room, which is my group, I'm like, make some noise. And this is where I think I went wrong. There's a couple, there's actually a couple of reasons I've thought about this. I've thought about this. One, I had to go first. And everybody knows when you do which side of the room thing, who goes louder, the first group always sounds quiet because the second group has something to compare themselves to and they get a lot louder. So that was the first thing that you already had the upper hand on. Can I okay? counter that? Can I counter that? Go ahead, please. So I was going to say before you started <laughs> is that when you speak of this narrative, you forgot to mention that you never won. <laughs> okay. Those were details we were just going to brush past. <laughs> And this is the thing. So you went first, you lost. And you just, you wanted more. So your side still heard that my side was louder. And you like, okay, round two, which we didn't plan that. We didn't plan two rounds. We planned one round. And you still lost. I even after was the warming them up, okay? Here's my second part. I have a few counter arguments, okay? Let's hear it. One, second one is... Okay, so my half of the room was my cohort plus another cohort. The people in the back thought it was just my cohort versus your cohort. Okay? That's what they told me. I forget whose cohort it was, and that's what they told me because I was looking back. I'm like, why is the people in the back not even saying anything? So my cohort would scream and then hear that the people behind them aren't even saying anything. So then they would get embarrassed and kind of quiet. So mm -hmm. the, half the room wasn't even yelling. Second... Your cohort is triple the size of mine. So you already have an advantage. And then my final point is Taylor is the only male person in our role. And we have a lot of guys in our cohort or in our program. And I think they were just, you know, bro power. Like they had bro code going on. And so they, they were all rooting a lot louder for you. So those are all my reasons why I lost and it wasn't a fair fight. So I'm going to, I'm going to go backwards just a little bit because. <laughs> This is also how we argue at work. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that we were both in charge of setting the instructions for our side. And, you know, not going to blame or point any fingers, but, you know, I think my side understood the instructions. Y they were and close to you. <laughs> also, you, got, you forget your side had more people because of the way the room was set up. Because there was people who were standing on the walls 
and they just didn't want to cheer. And I just, I don't know why, you know, I don't know what, what the deal was, but. My final know. thing. <laughs> yeah. Your core, your core was closer to the speakers. So maybe they heard you better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yeah. It was bad. Like y'all, I lost the first round and I really did go back for seconds. I was like, no, 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 I can come back. And then it was even worse the second time. So I was going to um, say, Leah, let's not do that. I was going to be nice, but, you know, you already, like, went into, let's go, let's go. And I was like, I don't want to do it again. Yeah, I had to take that humble pie. It was not. <laughs> and then we just I'm had to carry on. Sure. I'm pretty sure that is where our church pastor, preacher, whatever picture came from. You got to show that picture because I think that has to be, and that was just my victory, like, stand because... It literally looks like we're giving a church sermon. I'm going to include that. That's going to be our cover photo for this episode. <laughs> that was so funny. That was really fun. That was definitely the first time I've ever co-emceed or emceed any. I guess in college I kind of did, but like an official thing. So thanks for making it so easy for me, Taylor. You're a great MC. You are natural. You are natural. It, it was, I was actually, I was a bit nervous because I hadn't done like live events. I mean, I did the one we did last year before you started. We had our end of the year celebration. So I did speak in there. But like before that, because of the pandemic and everything, I hadn't been on the stage speaking on a mic in so long. But it you just came. Nervous? I was. I was really nervous. Yeah. I could not tell. I was so <laughs> anxious before we left the office. Like I was underneath my desk. I was like, I mean, there's other factors, but anyway, so like, but I was like, whoo, and I got to MC this thing. And, but I think it went really well. And I think we should definitely do it again somewhere in the future. Just MC events. That's going to be our new business. Absolutely. But that leads me into my next thing. You, those who are listening and who do not know Taylor, Taylor is a motivational speaker. I want you to just kind of tell us how you got into that, um, mm -hmm. what that's looked like for you. Like, where did that even come from that idea? That's a really good question. I, I will I always explain it as such a journey because... I don't know how deep I'm going to go into this, but I'm just going to let it flow. Um, I think, surprise to some people, I was extremely shy growing up. I was extremely yeah. shy, extremely quiet, right? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can't be true. <laughs> and the thing about it is, again, I don't know how deep it is. It's just It was just part of my upbringing. That's what I felt I had to do. You know, to behave is to be quiet and sit still, right? Okay. And so I think that through that, I didn't know who I was. I didn't develop and figure out who I was. So through a lot of different things, you know, I, I was discovering my true self, right? So I think that, like, as far as speaking goes, as far as motivation goes, some of the darkest points in my life made me make decisions because I was not okay with sitting in that moment and saying, I think, I think Steve Harvey said, you know, if you're in hell, why would you stay there? Why would you not continue to move? Um, you got to keep moving because to get out. Right. And so I think that that point is where I'm like, I need to do more. And so as I continue to get out of that darkness or, you know, the bottom or whatever you want to call it, I found joy in it and I wanted other people to find joy in it. And so my cousin and I actually, at the same time, we're kind of going through a lot and we're like, you know, let's do like a motivational Monday. Both of us do it. This is on Snapchat. So this is way back in the day. Back in the day. This, this was a while ago. And so every Monday we do it, Motivational Monday. We did a little thing. Um, and so that was going. And then when I went to the Navy, obviously I had to stop because I was in training. But when I got out, I started to do like a daily recap kind of thing. Um, and then when I really just started to like really start reading books and really get started reading motivational things and watching it. I was like, man, I like to speak about this stuff, right? And so then I, I started making videos, making videos, making videos. And that's where I kind of just like determined what I wanted my career to look like. Because I'm like, this is something that brings me joy. This brings me fulfillment. How do I do this? What job does that look like? What field should I go into? Because I was going to go into finance. I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't do, I wouldn't be able to do this doing, doing finance. And so like just trying to figure out navigate where can I actually do this? Can I do it on my own? Do I believe in what I'm doing? Because I would be self-conscious about my video. I'll be recording for like two hours and it'd be a 30 second video. <laughs> I, 
Yes, I can relate so much. Mm -hmm. Really quick, how old were you when you started the Snapchat Motivational Mondays? Let's see. I want to say, I think I was 19, maybe 19 or 20. Okay. So you were, and not to get too deep into what was going on in your life, but like, was there a specific moment where you're like, okay, I got to do something else? Like it was a switch that happened or was this something like you had interest in talking or sharing the, your knowledge with the world up until that point? Or was there something that switched? Honestly, it was a journey. I didn't even know motivational speaking was a thing. Yep. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know. It was, I didn't even know life coaching was a thing because I started coaching people eventually. I didn't know that was a thing until like, you know, doing research, talking to my cousin about it, mm-hmm. hearing motivational speakers and saying, you know, I want to do that too. So it's really, it's really like, it was a journey until the point where I'm like, once I navigated off Snapchat and to actually doing videos and going to Instagram, going to TikTok, those types of things, that's when I really, you know, I'm like, I got to continue to do this. I love that. And what was the feedback that you were getting? Were people getting stuff out of it? Yeah. And I think that was the best part is when people relate to it, because honestly, I don't, and, and this is not saying this not happening. I didn't know anyone my age doing that. Yep. Anyone speaking positive. And that's why it's good now. Like, even if people aren't actually speaking it, you know, you see on Instagram, people are posting motivational things and things like just even if it's just a statement or word. I think that's great that that's now happening because I'm telling you, I don't remember that being a thing at all. You know, and people were frowned upon for like speaking like you're being corny, you're being cliche, like that isn't real. But it is. Which (laughs) is crazy because social media has, and I really want to get into this too, because I think this ties into everything, but Mm -hmm. social media has had such an interesting role in my journey too, into creating this podcast and now creating what I will talk about a little bit later, my business that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the, you're right. People want to put out their best highlight reel and it's, they're very specific on what they show. Oh, I'm very successful in this. I'm going to show you all my highlights, everything that I'm doing great, but nobody for a long time was showing the real struggles that go into all of the, the final product. Like no one was showing the struggles that go into it and saying like, you're not going to have good days all the time. You're going to have moments of doubt. <laughs> like imposter syndrome is so real. So when you were talking about how I didn't see anyone doing it my age, that's how I I'm like, I don't, first of all, who am I to think that people want to listen to me? Who am I to think that what I have to say has value? And like that started with myself and it was because I didn't see anybody on social media being real about that. Um, And so finally I was like, I heard something, I think um, on YouTube somewhere, it was just like, if you don't see someone doing it, that's a go ahead sign for you to do it yourself and start creating that. So I think that's so dope that you and your cousin just came up with this idea to start doing it on Snapchat even. Um, And like just creating those inspirational and positive messages because I think there's a ripple effect to that. And like, I'm sure you've touched so many people's life, even just like with one post. So that's really dope. Definitely. That's why I, I mean, I appreciate your podcast, too, because it's, it's real. And I think that that's that's exactly what you said. That's what's missing. Everybody wants to be, you know, appear that life is perfect and it's not. It's not. But that's what makes life beautiful at the same time. You know, it's to be able to fall, but know you can get back up. And then the next time, no, I don't have to have that that much of a reaction the next time I fall because I know it's possible to get back up. Ooh. Yes, because <laughs> this is one of the first things that really shocked me when I first met you is you lived the life of like a hundred men. <laughs> you worked like so many different jobs. You've already went through so many different careers. You already had so many like so many successes and accomplishments. Can you walk us through like your journey a little bit from 19? What happened? Like you don't have to go super in depth, but like share the importance because wow, <laughs> this man has worked five careers. <laughs> Okay, so very, very, I mean, I think that for me, just in general, because I remember my first LinkedIn bio, I'm just going to start there, was like, what did I say? Like, my career journey was randomly reasoned, right? Like, I didn't understand why I needed to make these shifts, but something in me said, you need to start making these shifts. And so, like, it was, a lot of it was survival, a lot of it was learning, but like, I started off wanting to go into finance. That's what my parents told me to do. 
I was kind of really adaptable as a as a child. So like whatever I do, I'm gonna do it. You know, whatever. You know, that's my ability. I'm not gonna be horrible at it. That's why I beat you in everything that we do. But right. see how he does that. You see how he does. Oh my god. <laughs> I started in finance. That's what like blows my mind. I started in finance. You know, I was pretty in a big place. We won't say the name, but like, yeah, yeah, it was successful. a fortune 500 company. I started there and I'm like, this isn't it. I went to college for business and, you know, I did the business organization and I, I was on the executive board um, for it and I was the mentorship chair, right? Didn't click, didn't click yet. Right. Um, then I went to the Navy because I was like, you know, I had a huge story that goes into college. We're not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Went into the Navy, you know, because I just didn't feel like I was growing or I grew enough while I was in college. And I feel like I needed to develop more as a man and, you know, be able to create my future a little bit better than I was already. So that did a lot for me. So then I was going into healthcare a little bit. I was a, I was a field medic in the, in the Navy. Um, then after that, I went into entertainment. After that, I actually, I skipped the part. I did an internship at a law firm. Um, so I did that. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple of things. And then I got into education. Um, started and that's off- by the age of like 24. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. It's, it's I think I, I had moved to Michigan. I, I was started off as a parapro, um, not making much at all. Within two months, they wanted me to teach. I was a co-teacher. Uh, and this school was predominantly uh, English second language learners. Uh, so it was a really big task. They started me with a class. Of, it, they, it was a, it, they called it a remedial class. So it was students who were years behind in their reading, years behind in their math, or they were immigrants and didn't understand. So understand this is my first time teaching and you... <laughs> give me a pretty big challenge, right? Yep. So I started off there. The next semester, uh, you know, took over that class a lot, started a basketball program at that school. The next year was the pandemic. Uh, because I started off as a parapro, I was laid off. Oh. But they gave me an opportunity to transfer to another school that was an hour and a half away. I was like, okay. This school was a residential school where the students live there, you know, and, and not going to go too much into it. You yeah. know, a lot of a lot of things that they went through, but it spoke to my heart. It spoke to my heart. The classes were small. I got to build better relationships, um, learn so much about myself, learn so much about people. And it was just the most uplifting experience. But I, I, I stretched myself so thin. I was the... I did events every month. I was the basketball coach. I was the choir director. I was the test prep teacher. I always skipped my break. You know, every teacher is supposed to have a prep hour. I skipped all my prep hour to step to support students. And I worked extra every day because of all of those things. I loved it, but my body couldn't take it, um, which was really hard for me. And, you know, that was such a hard decision because then I got the call about Urban Alliance and I had to think about it, right? But that was, it was, it was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Um, but it, I mean, you know, that burnout is real. That it is. Real. And I'm sensing a theme with you. Like you, this, what he was just describing, how he wore like 50 different hats for that one position is exactly what he does now. Like Taylor is that person you, and I really admire this about you. You give 110%. You truly care about and are invested in the lives that you, of the people that you work with. And there's people that are like that. And then there's people who are just in it for themselves and you're not in it for yourself. Like, and I think it's very, very evident. And I think that's why, um, why we connect because I think we, we are very similar in those ways. Um, but you, you have a genuine light to want to help other people. And I think that like, you're going to go really far with your motivated, motivational speaking. If you have the ability to put some more energy into it and we'll get into that because of motivation right. burnout, because that's kind of where like, I think we started connecting once our cross, our paths cross at Urban Alliance. Like we both, you told me that you were a motivational speaker. I finally was like, I have a podcast. I was so scared to tell anyone because I was like, I don't want people to know at work. I don't know because it's not always like work appropriate. But um, I was 
I was really, I'm really passionate about my own business and building my own brand and like sharing my word and my experience in my life to help other people. And I think you're very similar to that, but the reality is we have to pay bills. We have to, um, we have a life that has to continue to go on and we have to have money to fund that. So we had to find, I think we both had to find a job that like we're helping people because I think that's very important to our personality and our character. Um, and we're feeling like we're giving back to someone and we're doing intentional work, but then also allows us to be who we are in that space um, and also focus on our own uh, passions and careers. And like for me, um, that was really hard with the job that we had because we get so invested in what the, the people that we work with. It takes a lot of our mental power, our mental um energy that by the end of the day, I have no time to do anything of my own besides maybe work out and then cook a healthy meal. But like any side passions definitely hit the back burner. So how have you tried to manage that and balance that with having a career, which you are fully invested in and you give 110% every single day and having your motivational speaking thing that started when you're 19 and you're clearly very passionate. How do you balance those two? That's a good question. I'm going to go one step back. I, I, I hate to do that. I always do that. No, please. Do That's what a podcast is. <laughs> it's so funny because I remember your interview. And <laughs> I remember your interview because it was so funny because after the interview, and this is, I'm going to, I promise I'm going to go back to what we're talking about. In the interview, you know, I, I was like, man, some that's some of the things that I said in my interview, right? And so like I, we were, I was, <laughs> it's funny. Someone was like, they're going to butt heads because they're similar. You know, if, if you were to get hired, but it was funny because, you know, I, I saw the similarities too. you know, in, in some things we do. But then I was like, it was good for me because obviously I'm a Leo. Every, I, you know, people who know me know that. But I think that in that similarity, I saw what it looked like to be humble through it, through you. And I think you showed a lot of humility in the work that you did. <laughs> You're like, what? But I was like, <laughs> it was it was different. And I needed to, to see it because then, you know, you doing the podcast and the things that you said and some of the conversations we had, it influenced me a little bit to say, how do I make both work? Because in all honesty, last year, I was so in and out of it. And mm -hmm. I think I'll be honest, I think last year was a little bit easier initially because we were predominantly virtual, like all the entire pre-work was virtual. So if I wanted to do videos during lunch, it wasn't really nothing. Right. Now it's a lot different when you got to, you know, go to, you know, take the commute to work and all of that stuff. So I, that's what made it easier. Like last year, there was periods of time I could record four videos a day, post those a day, or record 20 videos a day and just, you know, post throughout the week. Now it's become really hard. And so I think for me now it's just planning. Yes. Being intentional about it. Yeah. Um, and being building a better routine, I think that's what kills me is is not having a valid routine that's gonna push me towards it. And then having conversation. yeah, 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 having conversations. If I keep it in, it's not gonna happen. But I speak about it more, like what I'm doing now. I think that's what's helping me because it's 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 where my brain is at. My brain, I let <laughs> I let work be on my brain too much, and I need to stop doing that. Um, but it's hard because I don't know, you know, I, I spoke about this once. I'm not going to bring it up now of, of why sometimes I like to carry a lot of weight, but I'm, I'm learning that I need to stop because again, when I used to coach, I told people to do the complete opposite and it's easy to say that, but when you're in it, cause you know, for me, I went through this experience of urban Alliance and I know the potential of it. And so, I'm, you know, it's kind of frustrating sometimes when you feel like it could be so much better but you want to influence that. Uh, but again, it's, it, it takes a team. You all, you all always, you tell me this all the time, like, this is why you have a team. And I think that's where I'm, I'm learning how to, you know, do that and understand patience. It's not going to happen overnight. And I want it to so bad, but it's not, there's so many factors to it, but that, I think I balance it. It's just being intentional about it. You know, I'm trying to do things, especially in the new year that I've never done. Before. Like I never made vision boards and things like that, but I'm, I did one too. Oh my yeah. God. I have to, because I'm like, I do not want, I, you know, I just don't, I want to accomplish what I know I can accomplish. And I can't do that if I'm not intentional about it. 
I'm so about that. Like power of the tongue is so real. Mm -hmm. Speaking things into existence, saying, oh, I don't have the time for this. You're not going to have the time for this. Saying, I'm going to make the time for this. You're going to make the time for this. If you every day, like things that have changed my everyday life is being like waking up and setting that schedule. Like you said, like, mm -hmm. do I like to sleep in? Absolutely. I would love to sleep in till the 30 minutes before I have to work. But I know that I do not have a successful day when I do that. What mm -hmm. I do know how I feel good and I feel proud about myself and I feel productive is when I wake up two hours before I get a great workout in, I feel my body right. And then I write down what I want to accomplish for that day. If yeah. it gets done, amazing. I feel so great that I intentionally like manifested that into that day. I created a vision board as well. Um, like things that are important to me that I want out of my life. I just started to realize like the only thing that was holding me back was myself. And mm. that was one of the hardest things I think to swallow. Like yeah. you're telling me that I could have been a millionaire by now, or I could have been traveling the world by now. Um, and I, cause like, I get jealous of seeing other people do it. And I'm like, what's holding me back from doing it myself? It was me. And that was so hard to like, to really sit with. But yeah. once I like got past that judgment of myself and being like, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. To your point, one thing that really helped me is someone told me it was like, you have to realize that everything you need to be successful is in your life right now. And the crazy thing about that, because most people don't believe that, but yeah. you can't believe it until you see it, right? But the thing is, we often don't want to see it. We want things that aren't reachable, but if we use what we have, the opportunity is always there. That's that piece of faith. Like you have to bet on yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this is a perfect time to talk about it. So um, people who listen to my podcast know that I literally up and changed my life over the span of a week. Taylor was there. <laughs> he saw a lot of like the downfall of it while I was at work. Like um, my coworkers are such a great support system during that. So shout out to y'all. But um, like I just decided like the way that my life was working right now isn't working. And the only thing that's going to change it is me. So I ended up putting in my two weeks for my job. It ended up being longer than a two weeks, but I'm happy for that. Um, I moved home back to Minnesota. I ended the relationship I was in. And then I started to refocus on like, now I'm at ground zero. I have the ability to create whatever I want moving forward. Like, no, you don't often get a chance to just restart and design what you want from the ground up. And I was like, I felt like I was at this moment where I get to do that. And I had to really sit and think about what is success to me? What does that look like for me? Not, not to everybody else, um, not to my family, which is really hard because of course I carry my family very close, not to my friends, like not to anyone else, but myself, what does success look like for me? And what that looked like is the freedom to travel the world and meet new people and have conversations like this and continue to expand this work and this project that I'm doing with this podcast. It's to uh, take time for myself and treat myself to things that I like to do, but that means I also have to have money to do that. And I knew I also wanted to work from home and like create my own brand and my own business. And I just like, I knew all these things I wanted, but I didn't have like a game plan and they weren't all connected. And so I had to start thinking. And so I was like, okay, I know I really like social media. I like learning things. I like building things up. I taught myself how to do this podcast and to market it and do all that thing. So now I'm actually creating a social media management uh, business and I'm going to be working specifically with local small businesses and helping them get their story out um, and create their why and get it on a digital platform so they can grow their business too. And it's just so crazy because I think everything happens for a reason because one of the things because urban alliance one of the things that we talk about is your why and i'm like that connected with me so hard because i didn't know what my why was for a while i knew what pushed me and what i should be doing but i didn't know my deep why and i think there's so much power in storytelling and that's what social media is that's what people are looking for now they want authenticity they don't want to see the kardashian style luxurious life like that's not real people like it's nice to see you know but it's not real people want authenticity and these there's so many people creating small businesses right now who, who they have amazing products but they don't they can't get out to the masses because they don't know how to utilize social media which is at your fingertips and they they don't know how to share their story in a way that are going to bring people in that are good for them. So like, that's what I want to focus on. And I'm so excited about it. Um, and yeah, so I'm launching that soon, but that like all of that to say, like, now I get to create the world or my reality that I want. I get to work from wherever I want. I get to work with the people that I want to work with. I get to do in, like important work that's going to help other people and change their lives, but in a way that's authentic to me and like 
gives me the flexibility to do, like I said, anything I want and travel the world. So I'm super excited about that. That is awesome. Congratulations on that. Cause I didn't know Thanks. that. that is Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, it's new. I don't have the name. Yet. I'm still pondering with the name. So maybe you can help me. I'll get everybody on. Like I have a few ones. I won't put it out there yet, but yeah, yeah I have a few names I'm, I'm thinking about, but yeah, I have to get on that soon. <laughs> but That's that cool. leads me to ask you, what is your idea of success? Mm. Okay. I, I would say for me, it's personal freedom, which is similar to what you were saying. I think that having that freedom uh, to be able to, you know, do the things that you want, but also express in the way that you want. Um, I think mm -hmm. it is my goal because I, I just feel like we all are creators in our own way. Yes. Uh, but through society, sometimes we get so limited or, we you know, we have to be defined as opposed to being free um, to the way we want to express or the way that we want to create. And so I think that for me, it's just it's doing that. So it's doing that uh, motivation it's impacting others continuously. But I think it's so many things that get in the way of that. Oh, especially even the way that my mind works, that it, it makes me kick myself sometimes. But I think that it's really personal freedom. I think that a lot to what you were saying is just, you know, figuring out how do I do this my way, but also help others, you know, and I think that it connects to my why. My why has more so to do with like um, how I build out my future, you know, how I build out my future family, making sure that I am not only I know I think a lot of a lot of times it's about, you know, being financially ready, but I want to be mentally ready, personally, you know, mentally ready for anything that is to come to yes. support in the way that support others in the way that I want to, to be able to sustain that and always be there and be able to give that positive energy to people. Because I think that's what's most important because I have four values. This goes into my business. It's love, positivity, success, and happiness, you know, and if I, I literally do this with every job, every big decision. If I'm like pondering between multiple things, I literally have to put it, point it out like a math equation and say, which one elevates these four things the most? And that's mm. where I know, you know, that's the right decision to make. Uh, so I definitely think in short is personal freedom for sure. How did you come up with those four pillars? Good question. So before I don't, I cannot remember if this was before or after I started coaching. But I actually went to a life coach. Um, I was going through not knowing. I was going to a point, you know, my life in the beginning, it, it felt like it was all written out for me. I didn't have to worry about anything. It was written out for me. But when that script, you know, is gone or that script doesn't go the way that I planned it out, I was crushed. I didn't know what to do. And so just thinking about what is my values? What do I value most? What is what elevates me? And I had to take a lot of time to do that and think about that and it was those four things and then as i connected it to coaching and uh, motivational speaking i was like man i never looked back at my life to see what did i love to do i i'd never had done that before and i was like man when i was in third grade i was teaching kindergartners how to read or reading to kindergartners then when i was in fifth and sixth grade i was on student council then when i was a freshman I was mentoring seventh graders. When I was a senior, I was doing freshman, I think they called it freshman connection where I was mentoring the new freshmen coming in. And then, like I said before, I was the mentorship chair and that none of that clicked to me until, you know, I really took the deep dive of what's my gift and how do I- You're freaking I me out right now, Taylor. <laughs> seeing so much parallel like same things like with the mentorship councils like reading to kids all that and then I thought about like for me my path was through cheerleading I was a captain like my entire time of being a cheerleader I was a, like not a, lead, a leader in high school but then I was a captain slash coach and like the way I led was making connections and relationships and building people up I was not the structure if anybody works with me they know organization maybe not strong suit but i build relationships with people and i think that's what gets me where i am today and that's where it will never fail me it's because of that and then when i made that connection like that's how i knew where my passions came from and how i wanted to express them so oh my gosh that's crazy <laughs> it's real i mean I, I just wish and that's why i like coaching and motivation is that more people did that the more people did that, because that's where your happiness or fulfillment, I'm sorry, sometimes I mix this too. That's where fulfillment comes from. You gotta understand, you know, 
the things that you love to do. So many, you know, we work with students. No one knows what they like to do. They always say, I don't know what I like to do. I don't know. I don't care. You know, you're just not confident in it because of what society's telling you. Yes. Okay. That's my other question leading in. So when you defined what your version of success was, was that something that you had to pick apart from what society told you success was supposed to be? Because for me, my image or what has been pushed in my face for what success is money. And it is like a happy family, whatever that dynamic looks like for you. And then you have the nice cars, you have the nice house, you like all of you're going on vacations. Like that's what success to me was like drilled to. So did you have to intentionally think about, okay, this is my version of success. This is not what society is telling me or my parents even. I think that like for me, um, in that period of time between your senior year and going off to college, you know, a lot of things were happening with my family. So I was literally on my own. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, like I didn't, I, I didn't ask for support. I kind of just was in my own. And so like, I just didn't have trust in society and other people and all of that. So I had to trust myself. I was forced to. And mm. I think that's where all of this discovery came from. And then that's where like me valuing one of my values being happiness. Cause that's where I felt like I was at my best when I was happy. Now that seems like, duh, but like, there's so many people that don't do things that make them happy. And happiness is not, you know, doing something real quick in that temporary feeling. It's not, it's a state of being, it really is. And so like, even when I was doing, you know, working, you know, seven to seven, because I was doing basketball and all of that, or teaching and all of that, I was still happy, right? I was still happy. And, but it was some other things that I wasn't able to do. You know, when it comes to love, part of that is being with family. I was away from family, so that affected me, right? So some of those things too, you go away to, you know, thinking about what success, because it can't, it has to be in society. I hate that it has to be. Um, you have to think about it financially. And I think that's what's so hard. Maybe another podcast we could talk about it, but it's like the fact that money has to be a part of even relationships now, because it shouldn't be, it has to be because of society makes things so complicated. But that's why so many people fail to find happiness is because there's so many things that never really was supposed to be a part of these things that have to be, but take away from it. And it's hard. So we have to adjust. Yeah, you're definitely coming back on for another episode. That is already <laughs> given. <laughs> That's a given. Um, I want to talk about a little bit more how you feel social media has influenced mo- your motivation or motivation burnout. Because I think social media, as everything in life, has good and bad. There's positive. There's negatives to everything. It's all about balance. That's the key to life is balance. <laughs> um but social media has definitely, for me, had a negative connotation that I've assigned to it because of like what I allowed it to make myself feel. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to how social media has helped or maybe hurt your personal value or view of success or motivation? I think like if if <laughs> if I wasn't a motivational speaker, I would probably try my best not to be on social media, just to be honest with you. That's what I say. <laughs> it, Cause I think that like, I was never big on it. Um, growing up, literally like a lot of my accounts were made by friends. I didn't even make them, but I think (laughs) it's important. And there was a reason they were made and it was to spread some of it. I think for me, it was good because I saw that people that I knew, cause obviously initially you're only following or people following you is the people that you know, no one was doing anything motivational. And I think that's where like, let me, you know, I can hop on this market, but then it also people who knew me, but I didn't like, we didn't really know each other that strong. Like we see each other, you know, started reaching out or appreciating the content that I was putting out. So that's Mm -hmm. where it was good. But I think like, for me, it's like, you have to have such discipline. You have to have such structure with social media or it's going to like really not (laughs) positively affect you. That's what I hate about it. It's because you have to like, with all the algorithm algorithms and all of those things, it's like you really have to be careful what, you know, anything with social media, because then you're going to get more of that content coming up that might bring yep. you down. If you click on one thing that's negative self-talk, you're going to get more of that popping Mom. up. And, this, and you don't even realize it's happening. So what ways has it positively in- affected you? 
I think definitely for me is when I started to see other people doing motivational content, it influenced me. It pushed me a little bit. Obviously, it, it helped me mentally. But then it's, it's a lot of it is just the feedback I was getting, um, mm-hmm. receiving from the content that I was giving out. I think that has helped me a lot because the times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to record. I don't feel like it. My, I don't have a haircut, so I can't record. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they, but I'm like, I'm helping people. Right. Yes. So then I have to do it. I've like, I need to get back into it, but I, I just, I really want to be able to be more in control of, you know, how much I use it. That's beyond me because mm-hmm. a lot of it is consumption and people don't understand what consumption is, whether it be music, social media, whatever it might, what you read, all of those things impact the way you think and the way you yep. feel. Um, Cause like, you know, you get to a point where I'm like, okay, I can't listen to those artists anymore. I can't watch those shows anymore. Because, but if you don't get to that point, you never see there's a problem with it. But when you stop, you start to see the benefit of it. But I think those are the positive things for me. Cause some of those things that I have, I preach, I learn through social media too, you know, because it's, it's still something, it's still an educator in itself. It absolutely is. I've learned almost everything (laughs) with like (laughs) podcasting that's all social media I didn't go to school for that like I went to school for community psychology I wish I knew now what I wanted to do so I could have changed what I majored in but I again everything happens for a reason like I really built those relationship skills that I am using in every single day so I think obviously everything happens and has a purpose Uh, but can you speak to because for me I went through this like I I would say I'm a very ambitious person Mm -hmm. I I try my best to go after my dreams and make them happen. But when I go on like social media and I see everybody, people who have already achieved them or they're like, they promote grind culture, which is like very, I think very unhealthy because like, I think life has to be balanced. You yes. Focus on your goals. Yes. Put priority to things that you really want to see come to fruition hundred percent, but you cannot be grinding and like, taking away from time with your family or things that make you happy. Like that's how you, we, you burn out and then you start losing your why. Um, yeah. So has that ever affected you like that burnout or that grind culture? I would say initially, yes. But I, I think for me, it became like, and like before I was doing the motivational things, a lot of it affected me. Um, I had to become really, because I, I, I'm looking at it two ways, because even like when you see people posting like, man, I wish I was living that life or where I wish I didn't have those same uh, struggles. But you also don't know what their struggles are. But I've become so and this is bad and this goes against vision boards a little bit. But like for a long time, I'm trying not to do it anymore. But I was like, I don't want to plan out my future. And I say that because I understood my values. And I know I put them in the forefront, even though sometimes it's hard to, but as I grew grew older and, you know, understanding things, but I also was like, you know, I know my work ethic too. Mm. And so a lot of like, even coming to this job wasn't planned. Me getting laid off wasn't planned. When I went to the military, I never thought I was going to military. So I feel like, you know, it's kind of like the law of attraction in a way, you know, you, you continue to put this out, you will attract the things to, to make you continue to go. And I think that's really helped me a lot to not be too insecure about where I'm at because I understood where I was at mentally. Mm, and I think that, knowing yourself. Yes. And I think that's what struggled me with this, with the, with the way my mind worked as well, because then when I started getting out of that, cause I think, I think work, professionalism, all of that has affected me almost more than social media a little bit because of what I just said. Because mm-hmm. then like now that I'm not getting the personal freedom that I want, um, I get frustrated and I really struggle with managing that. And it's funny because I remember we talked about burnout a little bit mm-hmm. and you know, it was a quote that I read. It was like, burnout isn't you doing too much. Is you not doing enough that brings you light. And I was like, that's why I'm always cranky sometimes. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> okay. these videos. <laughs> no, that, that's so real, Taylor. And that quote, I remember you telling me that you texted me that day. And I was like, that really sat with me because I was, that was kind of what 
also pushed me into the direction along with other things, but mm-hmm. to fully just investing in myself and going after what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, because I obviously are at that point, I think I had already made the, I don't know if I had already made the decision to leave or not, but it was close. It was like within that, mm-hmm. that month. And I was just like, I really love my coworkers. I love everybody I work with. I love all the students that I work with, but there's something that's just not right within me about mm-hmm. what I'm doing. It's not the avenue I should be using or the vessel I should be using to share my talent or what I have to offer to the world. And so like, when you said that you're not doing enough of this, the right thing, I was like, well, podcasting feels really natural to me. Like (laughs) I can go on here and speak and I don't care. (laughs) It just comes out of me. And I, I love editing. Like I love every aspect of it, but I, I do, I do. I love (laughs) editing. I love posting it. But when I don't feel like I have enough energy because I'm giving it to other things, I don't want to do it. And like, that's where I'm like, I caught myself. Cause I was like, I know the tools to succeed. I know I have to post three times a week. I know I have to stay consistent. I know all of that, but I don't want to do it because I don't have energy because I'm giving all my energy to something else. And I'm like, well, what's going to change that? Well, not giving my energy to anything else and like actually believing in what I have the capability of doing and just fully going into it. And I may fail. Like there's a, there's a chance I could fail and this goes nowhere. Right. But then I come up with plan B, but what I would regret is not trying it Mm. and not giving it that full effort and always wondering if, or what if, or what I could have lived the life that I wanted. If I would have just stuck it out for a little bit of discomfort and like put all my eggs in that basket. So yeah, I, I, that really stuck with me. And I don't know if that was the, the tipping point, but it was definitely something that pushed me in the right direction to where I want to be. So thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, you know, you know, you, you get that when you get that feeling, it's always real. And I think that so many things, you know, we're just so overly influenced in this world right now yeah. that it's like, it feels wrong to trust yourself. Yes. It feels wrong. And that's what I don't like. And that's why, like, sometimes, and this is where I get annoying. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I trust myself too much sometimes that I don't hear people. (laughs) Because I'm like, (laughs) well, not hearing people goes into another thing. But, you know, I think. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> but that's why, but that, I think that's like important because I would rather, like, I think, like, I don't, I forgot what I was saying because I just thought about that. Because, <laughs> like, even last week, the students were talking about how I can't hear. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, I can. So Maybe. this is like the 10th person who has said, told you this now. It's the third, I think. But mm, there's at least five people on our team. <laughs> I'm trying to listen when they say, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I, I think, though, in, in reality, in reality, I think that trusting yourself is just like you you realize who you are, what you're meant to do, what you should and should not do, because all of those voices, you you control it now. Like, OK, mm-hmm. yes, it's like it's, been, it's understanding how to receive. If I'm giving like if someone's giving you advice, if it has if I'm like, Liana, I know you robbed that store last week. And you know you didn't do it. That doesn't mean you have to be upset with it because you understand. I don't want to feel that way. I mm-hmm. trust what I know, and I don't have to believe what you're saying. And I think. But takes, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that takes another level. Though. Like that takes some work to get to there because yeah. defense. I feel like we are so, as humans, we're so naturally defensive. Like mm-hmm. you're wronging me, no. Like, and you you go into this mode of being defensive. But like what you said, you know yourself. You've done the work to know yourself, so you know what no anyone says about you. What and anything happens to you, you know your truth. You know who you are. So like you you don't let those outside factors affect you. That takes time, though, y'all. <laughs> like, I'm still working on that. <laughs> it does. Balance is important with it too, but it, it's it's like you really got it. Once you once you start to that journey, it's like you never want to stop. But there's so many people are so, so hesitant because okay, if I do that, then what if this happens? Or you know, this is gonna make them them mad. Or you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like you know, we always want that security, but it's so hard because that means we're not free. 
Absolutely. And like what you just said there was me. Like, and I think one, it has to do with anxiety, like the overthinking and trying to plan everything out every step and try to get in front of it. It has good intentions, right? Like you, you're trying to find the best possible path to whatever you're trying to get to, but there's a lot of value in just being present and like allowing things to happen to you. And like knowing that you have the power to control your reaction, like you were saying earlier, like you don't have to like everything. Unfortunately, once you accept this, that you control your reactions to everything, like like you said, life gets easier and you get addicted to it because you're like, I control my outcomes. I control my future. I control my reality. And it just gave me your power. It really is. Okay, My final question that I have prepared for you and I'll turn it over to you if you have any is after all of this talking about this, where what's the future for Taylor? Well, I do have things that I'm working on. Um, I can't speak on it yet, but, uh, I think that for me, it's, it's definitely like right now, I think in <laughs> making it as, as minimal as possible, I'm really like trying to decide if it's speaking, I want to initially do again, or if it's coaching, I initially want to do again. Um, but I do want to put more energy into it, you know, outlining it on my vision board, but definitely want, you know, definitely going to. <laughs> this year I'm cranking out a lot of videos because I've consumed so much content. Like I write, like when I, when think, cause like a lot of things just pop in my head. Like even if yes. I'm not reading, if I'm not watching anything and I just write them in my notes, Literally. And they're all just my content. And so I have a lot of content that I, I want to push out and then eventually, you know, doing things more in the grander scale of things um, coming in the future, but definitely want to start there. I got to get in the rhythm again because I, I did take a break of, of recording, but I definitely want to get back to it. I just got to figure out how I want to do it again. I, I You know, I definitely, you know, you always want to be yourself with it. You want to uh, create your own identity with it. But that's my biggest thing, you know. Um, but, you know, I can't speak too much on it, but I definitely want to elevate it this year. And, focus <laughs> on, and I think last year was really about. Okay, because I had just, you know, when I got this job, I moved back to Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, it was a lot of figuring out. Um, You know, obviously, I threw myself in. There was a lot of opportunity, you know, which led me to being promoted and things like that. And now it's like, okay, I I figured that part out for the most part. I kind of see where where things look like at, you know, at the job. So now I can plan out what these things look like for, you know, motivation tea, right? What does that look like for me? Um, and so I, I'm definitely excited for it because I took a break off it, but I know I always feel the best when I'm doing it. I always feel the best when I'm doing it. That's exactly how I feel with my podcast, Taylor. Like I'm going to be on your ass about this. <laughs> like I'm so serious because you, I was creep. Obviously I had to do some research. So <laughs> I was looking at your videos and you really do speak the truth. And like, I'm very similar. Like I'll just be sitting here and I'll get I call it a download. That sounds really dramatic, but like I get a thought, right? Like, and I'm like, oh my God. And it helps guide me and it makes sense to me. And I'm like, I have to share that. And then so many people are like what you said in this. And I'm like that literally, I don't know where that came from. It just came to me. And I feel like you also have that, whatever it is. So like, I better see more videos. And if you need some help with uh, social media management, I'm your girl. I'll give you the friend no. discount. But I agree with what you said too, with like, that's why I know I have to take a little bit of a step back. I got to stay in my own lane. Thankfully, like with some of the changes that are happening, I'm kind of being forced to stay in my own lane, which is a really good thing. Um, (laughs) But what you said is so real when you put too much into something that's not for you, not necessarily not for you, but that's not to your true authentic self. When you got to do things for your true authentic self, you don't want to do it. And so I got to get away from that because what you said is so true. And I, but I, I really, that download, I, 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 I relate to that. There'll be times where I'm like, man, I'm driving. I go to a parking lot. I'm like, man, the sun is hitting me right now. I just start recording for like 30 minutes because that lighting looks real good. And I'm like, man, these, these are- Leo, Leo. <laughs> I gotta be honest here. You know, the Leo energy is coming out, but I'm just being real. I'm being real because, you know, you got to track your analytics. When I'm in the sun, you know, sometimes I get more views. That's you get some views. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your views where you can, but I think definitely, definitely got to do more of those downloads. Cause I'm, I love, I mean, obviously I like to talk, but you know, definitely making use of that. 
It's just so the, funny. The thing is, I know you have videos on your phone of you just doing it. You're just not posting it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. See? Yeah. Start <laughs> posting it because this is the one thing too, Taylor, because you, what you're saying, it doesn't even matter if it's perfect or not. It's going to yeah. relate to somebody. You need to just get it out there. Like, and I'm talking to myself too, honestly, I'm saying Taylor, but, <laughs> really but like, it's, it's way better to have something out there than perfection. And I think you're a perfectionist in a way. Don't like put it back if you don't think that's true, but I do think you're a little bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> and I think you're waiting for like, to get your, like your brand or like that perfect image of you. Who cares? Like just start doing something. And then as you go, you're going to see what you like and what you don't like. And you're going to tweak it to get where you need to be, but you're never going to get there unless you put something out there. And I know you have footage in that phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, like a gem that I received because of what you just said. It, Cause okay. I used to be extreme perfectionist. And when I'm being like that, I'm at a low, right? Because Ooh. I realized when I was talking, I don't know if I was talking to somebody reading, I don't know what it was. Perfectionism is your insecurity. It's not always a strength. It's your insecurity because it doesn't, it, it's like, if you think about it, what positive comes out of being a perfectionist? I mean, yourself, you may, yeah. You may hold yourself to a higher standard, but you're holding yourself to a standard you can never reach. You can never be perfect. So I, it's good that you called me out on that because I need to stop doing that. I do that at work too, and I need to stop doing that too. But I think that that's just my insecurity coming out. It's just my yeah. insecurity coming out. But that's real. But I, I do think with you though, it comes from, and probably other people too. But for you, what obviously I know you, so I'm. I think it comes from a genuine place. You just want to put your best work out there. And it's nothing like, it's not, it's, I don't, I think that's honestly all it is. You just want to be intentional about what you do. You want to make sure it's like getting the message across correctly. Like you're very aware of yourself. And I think that's where it comes from, which is a really great thing, but balance and just do it. If you make a mistake, it's a lesson you learn. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> the worst you can do is grow from it. So that's true. I'm gonna, okay. I'll, I'll vow I'm gonna record right after this. Yes. Okay, everyone listening, Taylor, where can they find you? All right. So on Instagram and on TikTok, Motivation T16. That's one six, Motivation T16. And I'll put it in the bio as well. But your view's about to go up because the <laughs> Butterfly Effect podcast listeners about to hype you up. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, Mian. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, Taylor. Like, this is long overdue, and it was so fun. Like, it's so natural. We can talk for hours. <laughs> that's, that's why I can't go into the office with you, because you would always be talking. <laughs> and I would want to talk back. <laughs> and then it'd be like noon, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I haven't even checked my emails <laughs> But Everybody, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Uh, it's good, though. You bring a lot of life to the office, which is needed, because it's a dark, scary office. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much, Taylor. You're definitely coming back time I'm and time again. We're going to have <laughs> motivational 216 on the butterfly effect again. But any last words? Oh, let's think. Let's think. You you can't, you know, you can't say that to me because then I'm going to. I know. Yeah, because we won't be here for 10 more hours. <laughs> Not 10 more hours. All right. So I just want, I do want the the listeners here. I need you all to think about something competition-wise, preferably that Liana can win. Thank you. <laughs> preferably, because I think, you know, from all the things that we've done, it's been bad. It's been really bad. Okay. And I want I want you to feel what victory feels like, because I'm, like, getting tired. <laughs> of it. I'm getting tired of it at this point. <laughs> I'm about to literally cut the part out of why I was promoting you. <laughs> Maybe we could do like a, I don't know. I was going to say a motivational video. You're going to beat me in that. So I can't do that. Um, a challenge. Okay. We're going to do a challenge. That's what Ooh. we're going to do. January challenge. Okay. And we have to both post consistently. I don't know what it, what should it be? Three times a week at least. What are we, what are we posting? Something towards our passion. So for you, motivational videos, for me, my <laughs> podcast and then my new business you're gonna post so three though that's that's if you want to do that i mean i'm not three saying a week just for january and first of all we're all we're both gonna like get something out of it it's gonna be hard yeah, yeah. it's gonna be hard but <laughs> and the first person to cave loses 
I'll, how about this? Just to make it interesting, because my videos can be a little bit shorter than what your podcasts are, obviously. So that's true. I will do three a day. You do three a week. I three do, a day? I do three a day in January. You, Taylor, three let's sit, sit on this. You're going to do three videos a day in I January. Three videos a day. Three videos a day. I believe in you, but that. Okay. <laughs> okay, three videos a day. I'm doing three posts. What do you mean by posts, though? Because I was thinking like advertising an episode. Okay, that's what I was wondering too. That's what I yes. was thinking too. Uh, it, I mean, I think that's good because that's better than not doing anything. But I think thinking about what is something you haven't been doing that you can be doing too. And I think that that can be it for you too. I like this. Okay, hold on. We I want to finalize this before we get off because we have proof. So you're, do you, are you sure three a day or once a day? I need to do three a day. I need okay, three a day. I want everyone to hear. I tried to make it fair. So when he loses, just please cut this part out, Liana, when you're editing. He's going to try to make this excuse that three days was a lot. But I believe in you, Taylor. You got this, but I don't want to hear nothing when I win. Okay, so you're going to do three a day, and I'm going to do one vlog, a daily vlog a day, but I'm going to do three posts of the daily or the weekly episodes each week. Okay, okay. All right. And then we got to recap it, and the loser has to do something on the next podcast uh, video. Yes. Um, if anyone listening, you have a punishment that you think we could do, <laughs> that's, that's what we'll do. So send in punishments. Let me know what Taylor has to do when he loses. <laughs> I was say, think about what do you want Liana to do on this podcast? Oh, no, 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 no. What if people what if people win? I'm going to win this. I know it because this is the motivation I needed. So honestly, thank you, Taylor. Motivation G. <laughs> but I'm excited for this. Oh, yay. Look at us. Friends holding each other accountable, pushing each other towards our goals. We love to hear it. But go. thank you. Thank you again, Taylor. I seriously appreciate this. I'm excited for the next episode. So Me thank too. you. Me thank too. you. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Thank you.